Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Thickcast. I'm your host, Molly Edwards, and today joining me is Ryan Brambleby. You got it right in one. I've never heard you say my second name before, actually. It was touch and go then. Why, what do people normally call you? I don't know. They usually get stuck and say Brambley or something like that. Yeah. Oh, Joe calls you Ryan Bramblebush, so. Yeah. <laughs> it's close enough. It's usually something like that. Yeah. So do you want to, for anyone that doesn't know you, who are you? Who am I and what do I do? What's my name and where do I come from? So my name is Ryan, obviously. I am 28, almost 29. I know I don't look it. Um, and I've been doing <laughs> bodybuilding since I was, well, I think I started training when I was 17. Did the classic, didn't know what the hell I was doing to probably even my first, second, maybe third show uh, like when I was like 22. Um so I've been there doing everything wrong, been coaching in the progress in the process. So obviously, like it's really nice now to coach people, knowing that I've taken probably every avenue possible <laughs> and being like, no, actually, this is the nice way to go about it. Um, and then with regards to posing, um, I'm a classic bodybuilder. So it's something that I've always wanted to do. It's the it's the side that really interests me. You, you get guys that like compete because they just love training and love being strong and have muscle, but I like to train because that's the part I love, like displaying the physique in an artistic way. And I think that's why I love posing so much. Um, I've been coaching it for like two, maybe like three years now, but the first year I started it was, I think I'd competed. And then some guy from, I think like I'm friends with him now, like he lived in Northampton where he got in touch with me on Facebook and was like, can I have a posing lesson off you? And I was like, oh yeah, okay. So as soon as I did that, a few people from Birmingham messaged me and it kind of just gathered traction like that really uh, until, I, until I quit and do it full time now. Awesome. So um, did you start off in classic? You've always done classic bodybuilding or do you start off in men's physique? Or... No, I did Bikini Boy. I did Fitness Model. I did Miami Pro as my first show. Yes. <laughs> Don't laugh. I turned pro, you know, in Miami Pro Federation. I'm just... Serious business, that is. <laughs> so, yeah, we're like, we were just having the chat like when you said, like, what classes do you cover before we come on air? And I was like, yeah, do them all because I've done them all. Yeah. So was it like men's physique in the board shorts or was it the... Cause they no, no, it was the like board a... shorts, like the trunks, yeah. like WFF style. Um, and then I didn't... I've never actually done a men's physique show myself, but I've taught like so many men's physique lads. This year, for some reason, I've had more men's physique lads than I have classic or open. Um, really? I'm not sure why, yeah. I think it's just I'm good friends with like a few coaches, so they'll send a few lads my way that need to get in. Okay. It's funny because um recently, like a lot, of, I've just started um coaching figure as well, and recently all the new girls I've had on, they're like figure, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that's cool, and it's kind of a bit unexpected because I've always coached bikini and wellness, more so bikini, just because there is more bikini girls. I think. I think it's as well like every year there's a crop of new athletes that have never been on stage before. I think if you're the friendly face that it, regardless of what class you have taught in the past, if your new coach is like, oh, this guy does or this girl does all my clients or like helps with my clients and stuff like that. And I go yeah. to you or they see you and they like you on social media. They don't really mind because they see you as opposing coach. And I think it's a good and a bad thing that they, they don't, haven't got the experience to tell who does what kind of thing or like who specializes in what. And I think actually saying that it's very, I don't know if you find it with the guys, but when the girls come, a lot of the time they're like really, really nervous. They're just like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. It's like, yeah, I don't expect you to know what you're doing. Um, so to have someone to come to that they feel comfortable with is going to be something that's like a big 
thing, I guess. Do you get that a lot with the guys as well, that they feel quite nervous to begin with? or Yeah, massively. A lot of the time, it's more so like older gents that have maybe, even if they've done a few shows or something, they like... Uh, they, I think they just don't know how to take it if they're going to get the kit off in front of me and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so like, I do make up. It sounds like I'm just a stripper now, but I will literally just like like. I think if you're a male posing coach, obviously with a girl, but even you, and I've seen you teach you in like a short shorts and sports bra, you can see like the musculature. I've seen so many posing coaches that just stay in like the like the baggy tracksuit and like, well, you're trying to show a client what their front or back double needs to look like they need to like be able to see it all obviously so i'll get stripped down as well and go through everything with them i think if someone's if it's someone's first time with you if it's different if i've had someone four or five times and i'm just adjusting things on them but they need to know that they need to feel comfortable and you actually be able to show them i don't i honestly don't think i could teach especially like at the beginning with like a hoodie on or something because you you can't see the shape no you can't at all. a lot of people are visual learners so they won't necessarily, you can say to them like, oh, you need to move your scapula like this or do this or whatever. And that doesn't necessarily make any sense for me just to say it. But if you can visually see what I mean, then obviously it's a lot easier for them to understand. No, I do agree. And I think as well, like, it's funny, because, right? Everybody can be a good poser. They can pose great and they can learn to pose great, regardless if they're absolute dog shit in the start. Eventually mm-hmm. they can do it. But you know yourself, like, you only get out of every 30 people you might teach, one is a superstar and can pose. And you're like, oh my God, you are really, really good. So yeah. they're, unless they're that one in around 30 people, if you're not stripping down and showing them what the lines need to look like, Every other person is going to get that wrong for like forever. Some people it takes weeks and weeks. Some people it takes like multiple seasons to be able to fix the pose properly. Like if you're not actually demonstrating that you're just saying to them, look in the mirror, this there, they can't even get themselves in that position without you fiddling them around and putting them there. So they're never going to be able to jump into it without your help. No, exactly. Exactly. And I, I do think that's very, yeah. I hadn't actually written that down as one of my points to talk to you, but yeah strip off of them even yeah. off season as well like especially like with bikini girls I feel you're a lot softer in off season than what you get with the men because you don't have as much muscle underneath as what you would have but I think even in off season like height of my off season it still helps for people to be able to see you oh it does matter I remember when like before I taught posing I think it was like the first year I did PCA mm-hmm. or the second year they put a, a posing class on and I remember I didn't join it because I was halfway through prep and I thought I don't want to go there and not be as lean as other people. Do you get what I mean? Not be in shape because you're always trying to chase your tail. Getting like this was it was like five six years ago when like you didn't do twenty four week preps. Everything wasn't like planned out optimally week to week. So you were just like throwing everything at the kitchen sink it in. And, like you know you were behind all the time. Everybody was. Mm-hmm. So I didn't go to a, a posing class because I'd, I I literally didn't think I'd be lean enough. So yeah. I think a lot of people are going to feel like that. So even like the first seminar I did, I was like full fat off season, but I still like stripped down and like did it in front of everybody and made like took part with everybody in, in the session as well. And got photo, like people like photographed it and like video videographed it, videoed it. Yeah, yeah. So like there's evidence of me being really, really fat, but like you need to be that for, to make people feel comfortable. Actually as well, you don't need to tell anyone. Like I went to a seminar uh, in last year. And I was actually between shows. So I was quite lean, but obviously in my head, I wasn't very lean, obviously, because you never are in your head. 
And I remember thinking like, oh God, people are going to be looking at me because I know I'm lean and people are going to know that I'm on prep because also I look like a crackhead. Like you can tell by my face that I'm on prep. I don't get my hair cut, like all prep, nothing. I just look like a wild man. It looks awful. (laughs) It's my like here, like where my cheeks are, like they just come in and it's like the first thing with me. And I literally look like I'm on a lot of drugs. Yeah, same. I look like a heroin addict. I look like, you know, you ever watched Dallas Buyers Club? No. I look like Jared Leto and Dallas Buyers. Oh, I'll have to send you the photo. I, I basically, I literally look like I've got AIDS. It looks awful. <laughs> it's so random. So, yeah, I knew that I was going to be, like, lean. I knew people were going to be like, oh, are you doing this show? Whatever. And I didn't like people to know because then it's like, oh, are people are going to be really judging. Like, oh, Yeah, you thought they were going to judge you how, like, how you were from how far out you were. I was like, I'm not going to tell anyone and I'm just going to keep really quiet. And I did, but I'd gone with my sister and she was like, yeah, someone did two bros last week. And then this <laughs> and I was like, great. Like, I didn't want anyone to know, but thanks so much. <laughs> no, I've never actually been on a posing seminar like hosted by a federation or anything like that I've, I've held my own like a few times i've held ones with sammy as well uh, which yeah. was really really fun but the only person i've ever had help me do any posing was ryan that owns saxon um that is obviously chair of pca yeah so yeah you just it was when i did saxon as a junior so i was like 22 i'm mm-hmm. nearly 29 now um i went through his gym and cinema and then he obviously just helped me with a few poses but that's literally the only extent i've had of like posing help yeah, so I've had a few different coaches like work with me and I think I've got different things off all of them. Um, I've done a few seminars and stuff. So I did the one, um, the NFM UK one. Um, I think that's been it actually. And then I did an online one in lockdown. I've done two online ones in lockdown actually, which was quite good. Yeah. But yeah, and then I've hosted my own as well. So it's just... I think you can get bits from them, but I wouldn't go as someone that's never posed before and go to one because the problem is it's very tailored to, especially if there's a lot of you, it's then very tailored to a generic person. And like that pose that they're saying, like, oh, hit this and then transition like this, that might be great for one person, but for you, that might not work at all. No, uh, and it in my ability and I could do my own posing and I did transition a bit differently to everyone else but it was fine and I still learned stuff like little tweaks and what the federation's looking for and stuff so that was yeah, good that is what I was going to say though it's something I never thought of like it's probably a good idea to have a posing lesson say if this is someone's first prep and they've never done a show before yeah. it's probably a good idea to pick a posing coach that you really like that you like connect well with look on their page you like how they pose or like it's not even so much that it's like see how they speak to people and how they interact with people and how they can help people more than anything so i'd probably say pick your posing coach have at least a lesson with them so you know what your mandatory is and they can say to you look this is what you need to work on this is what you need to help with and then say you're doing pca or you're doing fit x or you're doing nfm then maybe go to one of their free ones throughout the season before your show so I know PCA are like, for instance, very, very particular with some of their mandatories. So because yeah, the it's really quite free. Yeah, because women, you're allowed to do a lot of different poses on your MPCA. Whereas like yeah, PCA, you can, yeah. Yeah. Whereas MPCA, like everyone has the same amount of mandatories, like in bodybuilding and stuff. But how they like your hands positioned in your quarter turns, how they like your quarter turns to look, how they like your front double, how, like smiling at the judges. They'll give you lots of little pointers that would just, as a guy, make you look a lot tidier. 
than somebody that's not done that federation before or does it or hasn't you know like you can tell who's been helped a little by pca or had their feedback from a past pca show or someone that's never done a show with them before ever yeah yeah and obviously some are so like even with the girls where it's like fex is a lot stricter than pca but the uh poses you can hit with fex you can also hit with pca but mm. you can necessarily do that the other way around depending on which side uh shots you hit and then this nfm uk it used to be you had to have your front leg bent but the more recent show I went to, they were just hitting whatever. So I'm not really no, sure. I think Kerry bends her front leg when she does her front post because she almost has hands on hip, don't she? Like Kerry, um, can't remember. Bullock. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah she. So well as well. Yeah, I think she must do. She, I have seen her hit that from like bent one, but then she does like it's almost like a classic stance, you know, where like it's a bit staggered with the hand on hip. I think that suits her nicely as well. Yeah, yeah it's good to know like what you can get away with in a federation. Like what what is going to annoy the judges probably, or what is going to make you look like a bit different and stand out a little bit. There's like there is always a fine line, I think. Yeah, and it's what you what the federation likes. Like if you hit a pose because you're like you need to read the criteria basically. That's the main thing, and like that's what annoys me. Things so, like. Oh well, you didn't tell us much. Read the criteria it says. Yeah. So no, if you read the criteria really it says like you need to have this leg bent or this leg straight or this to the front. Like UK DFBA is really strict with their posing. UK DFBA's men's physique is mad, absolutely mad. Yeah. Their bikinis like really like you can only hit that like front on like X frame shot. You have to have one hand on the waist. Yeah, that's same as men. You can hit that staggered front pose as well. I think now. Uh, the bent leg to the judges has to be the sorry the leg post to the judge has to be bent and the back your hand has to be on your waist but a lot of people don't read it and then they go and hit whatever and it's the same effect they go and hit, but well this looks better than me okay cool but they're going to ask you to change on stage now what's going to be more awkward and what's going to be more embarrassing and you're going to feel a lot more uncomfortable if they change you on stage I think with it like if the classic is really really like you can do what you want in classic. There's nothing that says you can't do this. So you have, there was like, you did have to prefer to have a vacuum in a front double or like in an abs of like, be able to show that you can do a classic vacuum. Uh, yeah. like, I don't know if you should have to do that, but like it, I do agree. It shows good core control. If you, it, the same people that would argue, oh, you shouldn't have to do that. Are the people that argue, oh, well, he's not very classic. It doesn't look like the seventies. Or well, that's what every seventies and eighties bodybuilder did pose like. So yeah, it's fine. What I think what winds you up in classic is like, or what will piss the judges off more is where you know when people are flailing and choosing like 10 to 20 different poses in the lineup like to try and stand out and then but then they'll wonder it's almost like as if a judge will be like look well i need to ignore you now and not take you into account because you're doing my head and you're distracting me from actually looking at the physique. Yes. it doesn't actually get you anywhere you can't judge someone when they're moving because when you're judging right you've got you say you've got two people and you're like um you're off the separation like the the proportion, the like the condition. Do you get what I mean? Like you can't. If someone's yeah, literally moving, you can't look at it. And look at them two against each other. Like who's got better balance, him or him? And if you keep moving, I'm putting the other person in front of you because <clears> I can't <throat> judge you when you're flinging your arms around and changing which pose you want to be in every ten seconds because I can't. I can't judge that. And it literally it winds me up. But they do it in all of them. They do it in men's. They do it in women's. Men's physique tends to be the worst. Men's physique is the hardest class to judge. I always tell my men's physique guys, have two front poses and don't rotate more often than like 10 seconds between them. Don't yep. do it. 
like choose the one like maybe if it's like maybe it's both hands off hip maybe it's both hands off hip and then alternate with one hand off hip like but don't like the, the whole point of you doing this is your top line doesn't move and your abs don't move they stay flexed and they stay on and then like okay after they've had a chance of shuffling everyone around now you can change like into something different so like you're not don't just look like a statue and you've got a bit of personality on stage that's why one pose to begin with your front pose as you turn around and you come back to the front alternate yeah. different front pose if you've got two front poses that suit you you might only be there's only one that looks right on you so yeah. just get that one pose but yeah like you said you just fucking stay there stop moving i think this as well brings us into like choosing a posing coach that's actually got some experience being on stage a lot or has put a lot of guys and girls on stage because yes someone might have had maybe coaching from me or Leon or Sammy or John or you or whoever else. And they might have been a very good athlete or client of ours, but like how many people have they put on stage that are going to like give the information that we've just given about like what you are literally a judge from Fit X. Who is going to know better than like what's going to piss a judge off or not? And people have put like that many people on stage and they're like, I had that feedback or you've literally given them that feedback. Like I couldn't mark you. You were moving too much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it's mental and it is like you get people and they've been on stage once and then they're opposing coach and you're like what mm. and what winds me up even more is like there's been girls that like I've done their feedback this season and I've written on their feedback sort your posing out and then you see them come up on your Instagram uh, I've decided to start posing coaching I'm like what like you can't even pose yourself so where has this thought come from in your brain? I'm, I'm like some of my seminars. Like I, I, I like it when a coach will bring clients to it. Yeah, One, yeah. a coach is bringing you a load of clients, so it's yeah. good. And two, but it's really nice to have taught a coach what to look for in all their athletes, so all your techniques get carried across the board. So it's nice then, so you don't get people. Oh yeah, your, that coach will recycle a lot what you've told them or anything, but yeah. they, they're recycling something correct, and it's getting passed to like multiple people. Um, and it, me and Sammy did, uh, we did a, a seminar on just classic stuff. So there were no mandatories in it. And what was really nice was there was a really, really, a few really good posers that mm. wanted to be able to pose and coach, like teach posing. So yeah. they came to that. So rather, they, it was nice for them to ask us, like, well, can you help me with this? What if I was teaching with this? What are the actual cues for me to do this rather than, because classic is the one, because everyone's classic is just an interpretation of what they think classic is yeah very 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 i'm gonna swear now fucking rarely do i see anybody put their footwork in the right place ever yeah. never ever their hips are all wrong their ankles are all wrong their hips are rotated outward it's absolutely not this we're going off on a tangent now because i want to be on. but like it was so nice to have actually had it with sammy someone who's on the same page and have explained to guys this is why this needs to be like that because it makes the waist because like move like this because it then puts you in a position where you can transition any way that you want ground to up if we're on the floor the hips are in the same position so you can make the same shape as any pose up top do you get what i mean so it was like it was nice to have, almost have that formula to teach to people that can then have gone away and be like i actually know how to do this correctly then it's cool and because i've got a client of mine and I mean, she's just in prep at the moment, but she's really enjoying posing and she's she loves it. Like she's like, I just I'm obsessed with like watching these videos of like me and like there's a couple others that she's friends with as well, move. And she's like, that's what I'm gonna do in the future is teach it. She's like, How do I do that? Like, can you teach me to teach posing? And I was like, Yeah, absolutely. 
And I think that's the way you need to go about it is there are people out there that will teach you to coach posing. Go and see them and go and talk to them. And like you said, like you'll do it, I'll do it. And 100% because what would look like? What is better? Like everyone actually been knowing how to pose or like you just shite everywhere. So like you I'd much rather have people have come and like, oh yeah, I learned this from like I seen Ryan do this or I seen Molly do this, or like I seen Leon taught me how to do this the other day, kind of thing. And you know, it's like it's taught correctly, rather. And it's everyone's more than happy to show you how to teach something. At the end of the day, everybody has an ego, whether they say they do or they don't. And if someone goes and goes, I want you to teach me the standard of how to teach everybody else, everyone's gonna go, Yeah, fuck yeah, I'll teach you how to do it. Yeah. But there's, but then, yeah, like you said, like there's, I guess there's posing coaches out there that are teaching the wrong thing. And then people are then learning that because someone's taught them that. And then they think that's right. And it's like, okay, but if we actually looked at this properly, that, that doesn't work. Like what they've just taught you is completely throwing your physique off. And I think for me as well, and this is kind of one of the things I was going to go into is like the kind of the flow of, of the posing. Yes, it looks lovely, but what are you actually being judged on the stage? You're not being judged, like we said, about moving your arms around. You're being judged how you hold that pose and how you look like in that pose. And that pose needs to show that X frame. And if you're hitting some pose because you think it looks pretty, great, but it's not showing an X frame. You know, if you're top heavy, you need to tone that top half down. If you're bottom heavy, you need to bring the top half up within your posing. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think that that's where it comes down to nicely having an actual formula of how to teach people, not just being able to teach it on a call and people understand it and get it, or being able to show them video evidence of you demonstrating it or something and explaining it and then them understand it rather than saying, yeah, you just do it like that and like flare your lats. And they're like, well, I don't know what the hell that means because I don't know how to flare my lats. That's why I'm here to see you. And you're telling someone to flare your lats like that. They don't know what is going on. So and it's the, like what is pissing you off there is like what pissed me off with classic like they don't understand how to offset the hips and like create a smaller waist and like have that nice angle and then they don't know how to balance it top from bottom because they'll be trying to do something say so for instance in classic it's the big tick of mine where you know like they'll do the classic hips or classic footwork both feet will be in line and they'll just lean their hips to the side and it's like well if you're doing that, your hips are still at the widest point because your hips are square on. Yeah, yeah. So they don't understand it like that foot has then got to be in front. So then no matter what you do, you don't lean, you twist. So your waist is more narrow. And then it just flows nicely into a classic shape that they're going to make up top. And, and it's so easy because every single classic pose is literally from this position. Every single one, front double to the archer, to like one hand on hip, to both hands up. Like re every reaching pose is from the exact same pose. So somebody, as soon as someone gets it, it's really, really easy, but it's like that. It's like you said that, like, just because they think it looks good or they've, they've been taught it the wrong way, it kind of just gets. It's being subjective on how to look at yourself and what actually yeah. does accentuate your physique. Because it's not. It's not. I mean, for classic, you do you get up and you do a routine, and I mean for bikini and stuff, I guess you do an eye walk, which is a kind of routine, but it's not about a routine like a dance show. You know, it's not a dance, it's a posing routine. Okay. So the pose needs to, like, yes, flow nicely between your movements, but it doesn't need to be anything excessive. It just needs to be moving gracefully from one pose to the next. And your pose is showing that X frame. This this is one thing as well. Like, I th the, the thing I'm probably known most for 
is being like Billy Elliot in a routine. I don't mean spinning around like a madman, but doing something that's really, really soft and artistic in a routine. And like, but make no mistake, when I do a bodybuilding show, I want to win the fucking show. So I don't, I don't, I don't want a routine. Music, my routine isn't even marked. Yeah. I bring going clients in mind as well. I'm like, look, we can do whatever you want in your routine, but make no like. I'm the mandatory king. Like if you if you send me, do mandatories. Nothing's too flamboyant. I know that I need to hold a pose for the longest on stage. I know you need to be the first one in it and the last one out and not fidget. I know everything needs to be positioned in the perfect way for me. So I think it's it that gets lost in translation a bit. Like like what we said with classic or men's physique guys flailing and you can't mark it. Working too hard on transitions that actually look much better if they're very soft and subtle and your the line of the body doesn't move so like your top line doesn't move maybe just your hands will move like just one two clean transitions or something same with bikini if you're bending over in bikini yeah it just looks mad it throws your entire line off rather than just a soft movement of the hand that's all that needs to be done yeah um because this is something that, that one of the reasons that i wanted you on here particularly because when I watch your posing, when I watch clients of yours pose, they keep that X frame there. And it's something that I see a lot is that you're judging. And I think like, oh, he's got no legs, so he's out of balance. But then he hits another pose and you're like, oh no, but he does have legs. But the posing that they're using, they've hidden it. You know, because they've done that sort of twisting thing. They've twisted too much and they've mm. lost that shape of their legs. Maybe their upper slightly stronger anyway. So the way they've brought that upper out is completely thrown it. So what is it that you're looking for when you're hitting a, a classic pose or a mandatory? How are we? I think, I think it comes down to how you teach the person like the needs. So for instance, with me, I start with the core with everybody. So bring bringing someone's TVA pulled in. So it's the same muscle that they use to pull a vacuum. Now I don't want them to pull a vacuum, but the, what this enables us to do is move through every pose without our stomach moving at all. Yeah. So automatically one, you don't have the stomach blown in and out. And then two, Think how fixed your body is as like your torso and your legs. If you have breathed out and held your core strong, like the same muscles that you'd use to do a Russian twist with a ball or something like that, nothing else is going to move and it's going to look really balanced. And if people can do that, pull the TVA in and keep their core control like that, they can't spoon their legs out to the side. You get on I me mean? because it, it, because blowing out and exhaling, it's like tensing your core. Your center of gravity is right in your hips. And you'll find your center of gravity can only go where it is. You won't be able to put your legs in the wrong position. So I find that really, really helps with me teaching classic guys. Mm -hmm. um, that's probably number one and no one thinks it. Yeah, it is. And core control, I think, especially in men, when I've judged a lot of men, is they hit their front pose. They're like front relaxed, lovely. Then you ask them to turn to the... And they keep their core controlled and everything. And then you say to them, right, turn to the right. And then they just go and they breathe everything out and their stomach comes out and then they kind of shuffle around and they go and they like kind of hit their pose again in the side. And I'm like, I don't really understand what just happened. <laughs> everything yeah. is lovely. And then it just went horribly wrong. I think it is an important because, yes, like strictly you get marked on this pose, this pose, this pose, this pose. But how you tie it all together does matter. How the judge sees you does matter. Like if if they if you're having to scan the room of seven people lined up, and the the moment you look at that guy, he's blowing his core out on your way back to looking through the, the lineup, and then all the other lineup is pulled in nicely. You've only got that image of that one guy with his core blown out, and it's only a split second. Our whole 
competitive career is based on like split second decisions from when somebody looks at you. I think tying it all together properly is, does make the difference. And also it, when people, it's like, breathe, it's like breathing techniques when you're training. Now yeah. I'm not like a big holistic fan of like, just like, you know, like going too much into detail with it. But controlling your breathing will standardize your reps. It's like everything about your training. And it's the same with, with posing. If you're, if you've exhaled, pulled your TVA in, and to the point, I'm doing it now and I can still talk and I can still teach. And my mm -hmm. stomach isn't moving. If you can do your whole mandatories like that, everything is going to look really, really standardized and tidy. Yeah. And even if you're not a classic bodybuilder, like I talk to the girls and I'm like, do vacuums. And they're like, mm. I'm like, well, I don't want you to vacuum on stage. But if you can learn to vacuum, you can learn to control your core. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it will help like that midsection being tighter and look smaller. And then you're just breathing. And I always think of it, you're breathing through the top of your chest. You're just breathing through this bit here. Yeah, it, lit it literally feels like the section where your belly button is, that yeah. section of your belly is like pulled in by your spine and you can just breathe into your rib cage. That's all it is. And it's just like calm, shallow breathing. Also what that stops on stage is like people shaking like a madman and having to, because they again, they've controlled their breathing. So everything just needs to be flexed. All they need to turn on is just the quads at the bottom, the core's pulled in. With the with the lats, you don't flex the lats in the front double because it shortens the lats so they'd look smaller. You just arc them around and then at the end, just turn the biceps on like as easy as that. So all someone even needs to flex in the front double is just the quads and just the biceps slightly at the top and control breathing. And that looks a million times better than people tends to look in my mind. That's probably the out of all my bodybuilders this year, that's probably the number one thing they've come to me and they have had posing lessons or competed before. And I've had to literally physically shake them and be like, no, look, I don't want you to tense a thing. Like, forget what you know. You're not going to tense anything. And like, it's making the silhouette. So that's why I think I get guys to do it in off season posing so much because it's not, no, it's not going to be the same as when you're on stage, how you're going to pose, but the silhouette and holding it there and controlling the breathing and not having to actually flex like a madman because you're not lean. So you're not going to see it anyway. Yeah. does pay dividends. Yeah, and I think off-season posing is, is really underrated. And there's a lot of things that you can learn in the off-season from posing. So, like, for women, walking in your heels. Yeah, is one. massively. Like, just being able to walk in heels. Whether you're in off-season, whether you're in prep, you might have to go shoe size down or something. But if you can walk in your heels in off-season, you'll be able to walk them in prep. If you can hit your poses and transition and stuff smoothly in off-season, you'll be able to do it in prep. Yes, your poses might be different because once you lean, I might go, oh, actually, you know, we need to change this slightly because your upper is actually a bit bigger than your lower and we need to sort of tone that down a little bit or whatever it might be. So, yeah, some things might change, but the the core principles of it, like you said, stay exactly the same. Massively. A good tip as well for ladies, I don't know whether you agree with this as well, pose in your strapped heels that you're going to wear on stage. Yeah. Because a lot of girls pose in like the strapless practicing heels or whatever and it's like it's nowhere near the same that's one yeah, thing you want to wear the same shoes like mm. to practice in that what you're going to wear on stage now i always say to people like get two pairs get one that's covered in diamonds and get one that's just clear because the clear ones you can chuck in your gym bag you don't care you're not going to lose diamonds out of them and then on show day if you want to wear your ones with sparkly diamonds wicked but they're going to feel exactly the same as your ones you've practiced in like get the same everything else but yeah. get ones that you can walk in as well um, if you were to put posing in like one sentence, right? This is a one sentence answer. What is posing to you? Oh, I don't know. A one sentence. Why have we chosen one man that can't speak in one sentence to ask this question? <laughs> <laughs> I 
You can put commas in. The, the sum of all your work, it is. Because it is, because no matter what you've done in the off-season, no matter if you've had five years out of an off-season, if you come back and you make a show of yourself or you can't pose or you're out there blowing or, like, you don't realise the calibre that everybody can pose very well this season because, like, PCA put five, six posing workshops on every year. You know, like, a lot of the PCA judges are posing coaches and coaches themselves. Like, for, that's just as PCA as a federation. I mean, like, there's loads of other federations. It is literally the sum of your work. It's, like, it's got to be not the icing on the cake. It's got to be a very planned method of how you're going to present it. Yeah. And it is overlooked, I think, because realistically like when you're stood on that stage the judges on that panel don't know and they don't care how much you lift they don't know and they don't care how much food you've eaten or what food you've eaten they don't care about how much cardio you've done they don't care about what drugs you've taken they literally do not care about any of that the only thing they care about is what you look like in that pose on stage that day yeah it's it's, it's the way. only thing we are marked on how how well we can pose it is the only thing we've got yeah we're marked on who's who's bigger who's like more conditioned well, what if you're not posing right? Then they, they can't see that. It is the only thing we are marked on. Yeah. I mean, I, a good thing I, I as well tell people, like when they're nervous on stage and stuff, when you're on about that's all they care about, all the judges. Yeah. Like when people uh, ask about getting nervous as a first time or something posing, use it as the cloak. Like it, use it as it not being you. All I'm doing is like learning how to pose and present this thing I've been working on because they don't care what you wrote on social media. They don't care what you've lifted in the gym. They don't know who you are. They don't care who you are. They care who's posed up well. And I think that's why I always found it as well. Like my main thing, because I was never an outgoing person at yeah. all, but I could always pose really well. So it just felt like it was literally just my work that I just handed in at the end of the season. Do you get what I mean? Like I was at university or something. Yeah. So how did you, you kind of touched on it a little bit. How did you really get into it? Just like one person messaged you and that was that? Yeah. Um, I, I always like love the routine of it. That's why I went to classic after like fitness model. Well, I went to classic and then I got told like do junior because you're like you can still do junior, so do it. So I did junior first, but I still did a, a nice posing routine for this first one. Um, and because that's what I wanted to do. And I think just because I was good, people got in touch. And then because people got in touch, I was like, well, I need to get good at teaching it now. So like having your own methods about going about it and stuff like that. Um and it was just it was nice having people that trust you to put them on stage as well. Yeah, uh, really good. Like like Tom Hames is a big help. Joe was a big help. Joe Jeffrey before I was even coached by Joe, yeah. sending me like clients from his way. Just people that, like I remember Joe put a status up or a story up saying I'm looking for a new posing coach. I messaged him and I was like I'm not sure how much experience you need, but I'm good and I can show you. Um, and I'd not put it, I think I'd put like a couple guys on stage, like I'd not done a full season teaching it. So I wasn't busy at all. So Joe had a session off me uh, and was really happy and started sending me his guys from then. Uh, and that was it. I had a really, really busy season last year. Yeah, we're still in 22, aren't we? So in 21, I was really busy. Nice. Um. So what do you think makes a good routine? Like what are the, the main things that you want to look for? Because I know obviously there's going to be different elements there of like maybe how confident someone is or if you've got someone that's got like a dance background like their routines or I don't know if do you know Triple J yeah his routines are very entertaining yeah do you know what the the main thing is that it suits the person who it is and it shows the judges who they are so like when I pick a routine I think the music that I probably pick and pose to and how I pose and how like I'm, I'm not a way I'm describing myself is not like 
blowing my own fucking horn here, but you know how I'm like, I'm really poised, I'm really focused because this is the bit that I really give a fuck about, like nailing this almost shows the judges what I want to achieve on the stage and like to win that. And I know it's not marked, but that's what I want to put across like on stage. I think having something that shows who you are, but more than anything as well, just being able to pose cleanly and technically correct. Like yeah. if someone comes, if someone is in classic and all they can hit is the classic hand on hip or something like that, or a classic vacuum with a front double boy, I would rather see that very, very soft, very, very slow to some nice, slow tempo dramatic music than seeing someone attempt a load of stuff and get everything wrong. Yeah. I think like, like imagine if I was a judge on stage for classic. I don't think anyone would even get marked like if on their routine because it's just, I, my pet hate is just seeing that scene way too much because there's very, very few people that can hit that much and hit it well. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, like you said, it's you, you've got to go, like, play to what your strengths are. And like I said, Richard with Jay, his background's in dance, so he's going to have that element in it. Um, with my sister, she's been moving into figure, um, and her background is in gymnastics. So she could chuck in a backflip in there if she wanted to. Yeah, yeah. That'd look pretty cool. Well, have but... you ever seen, like, Charlie Alexander's for PCA before? I imagine that's what uh, things would be like. Charlie's a dancer, so there's lots of, like, like you know, the like handstand cartwheels like things like that but like a really really nicely done dance routine to do with figure i think it's just finding something that makes you feel confident and hitting everything correctly yeah and that's the main thing like even if you can't do a backflip you don't actually have to do a backflip in your face well, well even until like this year i was oh, there's lots of poses that i couldn't hit yeah. until this last year just gone lots of poses so my routines were always very simple and stuff that suited me was stuff that wasn't really even a pose like kneeling with my arms folded or leaning back like you know the kneeling arm with like one hand up or something nothing that's like crazy like twisting double biceps or something crazy because I could never hit that years ago so it was only until recently that I've been able to do that in routine so like that paid dividends for me doing that and not hitting stuff that looked like shit on me yeah absolutely absolutely um and I guess music choice as well is kind of in there, I think, because you want to pick something again that's that you can work with. If you are a bodybuilder, listen to this. Do not pick Linkin Park. Don't. Don't pick Intro by the XX. Don't. Don't pick anything like that because we hear it 50 times a day. And no matter how good you are, it's so annoying. Anything that's like we are Sparta... Yeah, like some crazy Spartan music. Right, there is one man that can get away with it, one man in this entire country, and that's James Rube. James, you pick whatever the hell you want to pose to because you are insane and literally own Atlas Spartans gym. But if anyone other than James Rube picks some Sparta song, don't do it. Don't yeah. do it. Like, yeah, I just find, like, the music comes on right. And obviously, like, I did a lot of shows this year, and I'm doing even more shows next year. And you sit there and you get Michael Jackson, the beat hits, you're like, oh, fuck. Oh, sake. Dirty Diana. Dirty Diana was a favourite this year. And I was like, oh. So, I'm like, look, do you know what? It's it's a great song. Michael Jackson was a great dancer. But let's let's please try something original. That if or you're turning in his grave, if you could see it all. It's oh, all <laughs> and and it, it's the Viking stuff. Like, everyone's a Viking. You're not. You're not a Viking. I hate to yeah. break it to you. None of you are Vikings. 
let's just stop with every other person being a Viking because it's I not opposed to Ariana Grande. I didn't like I don't need to be a fucking Viking. I don't need like Lincoln Park, like what I've done screaming at the judges. If you're gonna choose well, my poser music 101 is like yes, like every whatever like whatever beats per minute it is, it is all summarized by like four bars in a song, really in general, isn't it? So a good one is something that's that the judges haven't heard a lot, they haven't heard a lot through that day, but you connect well with. So like a lot of people train to rock. So maybe like a softer rock song of a band that you listen to or train to. Um, something that isn't offensive or like two out there screaming or anything like that. If they're in loads, then it would something, just something that's powerful that has like softer verse, a softer verse into a drop, into a big chorus or something like that. Because then it's very, very easy. They say, well, I compartmentalize it with my classic guys. It will it literally nearly always works out like this. It'll be the first verse, the end of the or the second half of the first verse, right? And then it'll drop and it'll go a bit different, but still pretty slow. So intro poses, then it'll be maybe onto the floor, but slower poses still. Then it'll come up and then it'll drop into a chorus where they can hit bigger poses, and then like the last 10 seconds will fit into like a big crescendo. It, literally almost every single song with lyrics fits into that exact method of it so it's really really easy to pick a posing song when you know it and i've uh i don't know if you knew this about Vaughn, but he did a his routine to his and his wife's first dance and that was really nice because it meant something to him and that very much came through on stage and his wife at the time was pregnant and it was really lovely so things like that if you want to pick a song as well Don't pick a Viking song because you want to be a Viking. Pick a song that means something to you. Yeah, and it has to because it has to, like what I said, it has to represent what who you are and what you want out of being on stage. And like, think of when the stage shots come back. If you are on stage, the majority of your stage shots, every one of the stage shots that you guys are going to use for your profile pictures and for everything are not going to be the comparison ones. They're going to be the individual routine ones. So what ones are going to look best? The ones that you really emotive and you hit in the song because you really mean it or the ones because... That you're like, oh, I'll just put Lincoln Park on and hit 10 most musculars. They're not, you're not going to get the best experience from it. And like, it definitely needs to be something that means a lot to you because you'll already know that song off by heart. So you'll already know which parts come in where. You'll already be able to link it all together. And you just need someone to help you put it together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, I was going to say something else then about routines and I've forgotten. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you want to come up? Like, so do you want to? Obviously, you've got like ones on the floor. You've got one standing. Do you want to use like a mix of them and using the floor as well? Is that something that you want to be doing, or is it again? Yeah, I think it depends on the client. Though, if they're like, I've, I've had, I must have had five, six clients with bad knees this season, so they can't literally do any floor work, or maybe they've done one pose on the floor or anything. But it just suits the client what what's making them feel comfortable. And this again, like when you guys are finding a posing coach. Don't just get someone that's going to make you do something because they do it or pose how they pose. Like they need to understand like what they understand the brief. You're hiring them at the end of the day, giving them a brief of what you want out of this song. So for instance, like what I'll do with guys, we'll have a chat about the routine and like pick a few songs. They'll send me some over. And I'm like, this would be a really, really good one. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and then I'll have probably had two or three lessons with them maybe beforehand, or they'll at least sent me some stuff. And like, so, okay, I'll pick their best poses. Um, and then I'll choreograph something together. So then I'll do a draft of a minute and send it them over. And then we use a lesson going through all of that then. So we can amend and change whatever. But yeah, I think I think using 
the mood of the song. So that's why I choose like a song with a layout, like we just said, because it has a mood change of each one and you can show different types of poses of each one and obviously work on your strengths and not hit what you're weaker. Do you have a background in dance then before you did this? I cannot dance to save my fucking life. <laughs> Unless I'm like steaming drunk. Right. You, you won't ever see me dance. I'm so bad. So I, I don't know where it comes from. I literally don't know where it comes from. Yeah. So if I'm drunk, I'll dance. I love dancing, right? And I dance all the time. But I'll dance stupid most of the time. But I can actually dance, but I don't like to. I don't like to like properly dance, but I've done like little bits of ballroom. I've done little bits of street dance, like little bits of everything. But yeah, dancing drunk is, I just like to get some good moves out. Like I love the lawnmower. Have you seen the guys on like TikTok and Instagram? And it's like two guys with mullets and a shirt and a dicky bow and mustache. And they like do ridiculous <laughs> dance moves. And they got one called like the bazooka. And they'll just like, and the one jumps down on one knee and the other puts his leg on his arm and they're like firing it like a bazooka. And it's That's so funny. Cool. That's the yeah, kind of stuff I do, but I don't have a mobile. That is the worst thing that anyone has ever brought back into fashion. What? A mullet? Yeah, that's it, a mullet. <laughs> like, there are some things in the past that happened and you leave them there. Yeah. <laughs> and a mullet is another one. If I could get away with it, I'd have one. Like a seabum mullet. And no, I'm not a big super seabum fan whatsoever. But I've got, like, really straight, wiry hair. So if I grew one, it'd just look like some emo girl had grew their hair. <laughs> it'd look awful. I'd just come around and cut it off you. I'd be like, look, I'm sorry, mate, but this has got to go. <laughs> I wouldn't sh I wouldn't suit being bald as well. I'm glad I haven't started going bald yet. Yeah. Would you go to Turkey and get a hair transplant if you did? One hundred percent. I'm more scared of going bald than I am of dying. One hundred percent. At least you would not see. You know when you do like them bald filters and stuff. Yeah. I thought, <laughs> what's his name? I, I fucking. I thought, oh yeah, I look hard. I look like Max Brannan. I've got a beard now. I look like Max Brannan or someone cool. I did it. Oh my god. Max <laughs> I look. I look awful. I was like, Jesus. Can't have that. I wouldn't say Max Branning was cool or hard. No, but he's a he's a man that suits being bald, looks rugged. And I was like, you know what? I've got some muscle in a beard. I look like I can't have a Max Branning look. Nope. Looks like a straight pedophile. I'm never going bald. <laughs> <laughs> a little toupee that just sits on the top. Oh, man. <laughs> what would you say the most underrated and the most overrated things are with posing? Hmm. The, the most underrated is being able to hit a mandatory properly and just hiring someone that can teach you to hit a mandatory properly. Um, overrated. Overrated is probably what we've been going through, like when someone just throws everything in the kitchen sink and putting too much of their own flair on it, even in a routine. Like I think more so in the mandatories when people just like try and do too much. But yeah, like we said in a routine, less is more. If 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 what you do is perfect, yeah, absolutely. Um, that's kind of like all the kind of main questions I've got for you. I did have another one pop into my head, but it's gone again. I'm very forgetful at the minute. I've lost. Um, my I have the worst memory ever. It's it's appalling. Yeah, it's it's bad. Yeah, I've lost one of Joe's Christmas presents. That's so I missed it. You've lost it. Lost it. But I obviously put it somewhere to hide it. Do you know the best thing? He's going to find it and not realise it's a Christmas present and just open it and be like, oh, fuck, I found it. 
Yeah, but I don't think it's in the house. <laughs> Why have you hid it in a bush? Well, no. <laughs> I, well, I thought it was in the van. The places where I would have hidden it in the van, it's not there. <laughs> so then I've searched the house. <laughs> it's not in the house. I'm hoping I left it at Dad's. But it's not his main one, so it's all right. Yeah, it's all right. That is a good present as well. No, I've told him. I was like, yeah, I've got... You told him what it is? No, I've told him I'm going to tell you what all his presents are. Oh, you only told me that one on the phone. Oh, that is... A good, I would I would absolutely love that present for Christmas. I'd go mad if I had it. Would you? Yeah, I actually would. I'd love it. What? Exact one. Yeah, that exact one. I'd be like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> I think I've done good. Anything well, like that, I'd love there is a Christmas there, there's a Christmas uh there's a question from him, which isn't really a question, it's just a uh, a comment. And maybe not everyone would get this, but I know you're a man that will get this. Uh, it just says get getting shuggy with it. Everyone should get that. Everyone should. If they don't get to know. Get to, get to know. If you don't know now, you know. I actually do want one of his iron shug. T-shirts, actually, they do actually look cool. I'm going to order one. I've asked Joe for the Iron Shag hat for Christmas. The beanie? beanie, yeah. Every time he comes on, I'm like, that's the beanie. He's actually a really fucking nice dude. I actually do love Shug. I'm definitely going to buy one of his shirts at class. Yeah, I want a beanie because I want one without a bubble. I've got a really nice bubble hat and I've got like an ear, you know, when it goes around, it just goes over your ears. I've got one of them. But I need a non-bubble so I can put my hood up as well. Yeah, I'm the same. I've got a beanie, but it's like, you know, one of the fisherman's ones that looks like a little kipper. It's the, it's the little one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the only one I've got. I look like the guy at home alone that robs a house. Yeah. The little one. You need one that covers your ears, Ryan. It's very cold out. Aside from bodybuilding, what are your other main passions in life? Um... <laughs> Passions. I love good food. I love traveling, like for good food and stuff like that. Like whether it's a different city, and I think it ties in well with being a bodybuilder because all bodybuilders are obsessed with food. Um, I love traveling. I do you know what I love more than anything? <laughs> Going to on a lad's holiday to like fucking Ibiza and being fucking normal and getting in a mess with your friends. I absolutely love doing that. I thought you were going to come out with something really virgin then, and you. That wasn't quite what I thought. Really virgin? I, if you're going to go that way, I absolutely fucking love Star Wars, and me and Joe both love Star Wars. Um, what have I bought at the minute? I've actually just bought the new Pokemon game on a, on a Nintendo Switch because I love Pokemon. I absolutely love games and stuff like that. I just haven't had the time, really, to play them. Until now, because I quit my job, didn't I? Which is nice. But, yeah. I, like, I've, got, I've always had a peer... All my friends from school... We're all like my year was weird because you know you get all the popular lot that will go out and get pissed and that on the weekend. Well, my year were really boring, and all my friends were friends because we all played Xbox and were fucking nerds. But we'd all go out and get pissed on a Friday as well, so we'd all be friends with like all the popular people from other years, but be these like long haired emos that were really fucking weird out of everybody getting pissed. It's really, yeah, so like I am a nerd at heart with stuff like that. So. <laughs> Let's um because we didn't we didn't kind of say this, but you quit your job, didn't you? Yeah, it, I, quit, I think the end of July I left. I think twenty seventh of July, I think it was. It's been a good decision. Oh yeah, so much better. It's so nice. And do you know what's really funny? Like 
I was at that company for a year and they were massive. Oh, it just got too much. It was just too much shit. And I, I loved being an engineer. I was a really, really good engineer as well. But it, I was just dealing with so much shit all the time. And then I, I wanted to make the jump for ages. I was finally in the position to, and I was like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll make the jump now. But what's funny is I coached my old boss now. Which, yeah, it's really, really funny. He's in good shape, actually, really good shape. Um, and I've, I've literally spoke to him. He was like, mate, if you want some days work, you can, like do a couple of hundred quid for a day, like just come work with me. So it's, it's not exactly like I'd be stuck. It's nice. Yeah. Would you, you feel that. less stressed as well? Yeah, that, that was the main thing because, like, it was so, we were so understaffed. It's so time, you know, time sensitive with everything. Like, basically, the, when I first joined the new company over a year ago, it was like a, a family run business, but they were worth about four million. So it was, it was big, like, a company, a big family run business. Then they got took over, like, by this multi billion pound American company that bought loads of like air confirms out. And it just very quickly got very corporate and like people started leaving because it was shit. But then we take on more and more contracts. And I was like one of the head engineers, but then I'd spend like a month at a time fucking hoovering and cleaning aircon at a hotel. And I was like, why the hell am I doing this? But yeah, just like like really shit work. And I was like, I've had enough of this. If there's I'd saved enough money, I was like, if I'm gonna jump, I'm gonna jump now. So I just jumped. Yeah. I would say like so I quit three months ago now. And it was similar, like really, really stressful where I was. And they weren't paying me properly, but like, I worked for the council. This is how bad it is. I worked for the council and they weren't paying me. So when I left, they owed me three grand. Yeah. I've had it now, but um, they, oh, the amount, like it's just relieved like so much stress. Yeah. And you know, because I was so busy, I didn't realise how fucking stressed I was because I didn't have time. I'd, like, be, I'd be out of the house for like half six in the morning. I'd get home at like 5 p.m. Literally not even eat. I'll have it on the motorway, do like 70 mile an hour on the motorway on the way home get changed and go straight over the gym and get back at like nine o'clock at night. So that was literally my entire life like, the whole time. Yeah. So at least didn't have time to be stressed. It was mad. Yeah. I, was there, like, I wasn't eating. I'd get to work and I'd be like, oh shit, I've not eaten all day. Yeah. Right. Like, I, they used to drop it on me to work away. That's when I bumped into you in Exeter. Yeah. I had to go and work in Exeter for a week. I was like, oh, fucking brilliant. Like trying to eat all your bodybuilding food when you're in a, like a holiday inn and there's no kitchen. You're like, oh great, packaged chicken and squares bars it is again for dinner tonight. It's not like it's not the greatest. You should. Oh, I was going to say like you just could have come around mine and cooked your food, but I live in a van, so <laughs> I need to cook my food. You got a camping stove and some chicken sausages. Yeah, no, I have got like a stove in there. Um, just should have just gone around behind the pools. It's got a lovely oven. Well, to be fair, because I bumped into him on the last day. I think it was my second to last day because we finished the job early and he was like, oh, you can come around mine for dinner the next day if you want. But we literally had finished and like went off home. Yeah. It's a good gym though, isn't it? Unit 7. I missed the training there, to be fair. Yeah, it was actually really good. I did like it. It's a nice vibe in there as well. Yeah, it's a really good atmosphere. Um, We've kind of talked about this anyway. What are your main gripes about the industry folk who claim to be posing coaches? Question mark. Um, yeah, it's, well, it doesn't really gripe me because the, the cream of the crop always rises. Like, so people will always choose the best posing. The only instance where they won't is when people get undercut and like, oh, I can do it cheaper this way. But as Leon famously says, pay peanuts, get monkeys. Like it'll show on stage when like somebody doesn't hit stuff right. And you've got three or four people that have seen like me, Sammy, Leon, John, anyone, and can hit stuff right. Um, so it will always correct itself. I think, but I think my main gripe with the industry is just like 
just people not putting their own fucking personality out there when they speak to people. There's just like a lot of stuff you see online. You can tell in people's like posts and descriptions and stuff like that. And it's like, you don't talk like that normally. Like talk, you're trying to, you're, you're on here because you want to get clients. Talk to them how you want, like how you would talk to them. Don't yeah. talk down to people or down about people. And like, you, like it's not even yourself you're putting out there. Yeah, there's a lot of um, fake personalities. Some yeah. of this as well, you're like, okay. It's just like, you, it's like you've never spoken like that ever. Like, why? People are strange. Like people put stuff and it's like a lot of people are like, you have definitely just read that from somewhere. Like, I've met you before. You're not that intelligent to put that together. <laughs> and it's like talking down about people. And like, just talk to people. Are like, you going to attract clients? Otherwise, someone will hop on a consultation with you and they'll be like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah, yeah. Um, who are your ones to watch for the Olympia? Who do I want to win? Who are your ones to watch? Hmm. I think everyone has the conversation of who's going to win or who's up, but who I really am excited to see on stage. In open, I want Brandon Curry to win. I'm really excited to see, see Brandon Curry. I want Samson to look better than he has, but I don't. I just don't think he will. I'm yeah. quite harsh at judging bodybuilding. I just don't think he will. I'm really excited to see Rafa Brandao, the Brazilian. That's probably the person I'm most excited to see on stage out of the open. I think Hunter's a bit shit, but that's controversial. Who else am I excited to see? James, because he's British. Derek, because he's moved up from 212 into there. But then Classic, the only person I'm excited to see in Classic is, you probably won't even know him, he's called Gabriel Zancanelli. You don't know who he is, do you? I don't think so. It's, it's so good. It's so good. All the like, you know, do you know any of the classic ones? Like, there's that, there's that one called Ramon Dino, and he's like, he beat Brian at the Arnold. I think he got fourth at the uh, third at the Arnold, and he was in the top five last year. But I, I don't rate him at all. And he, this guy's another Brazilian. He's way better. I think he like. I hope he gets top five. He's so good. Do you think Seabum will win it again? Yeah, easy. No one's even coming close. No one at all. He's got a new coach though, hasn't he? Yeah, Harney. But Harney's like Harney's the guy that got Jay Cutler his Olympia back, and Harney's the guy that got Phil Heath seven Olympias, and Harney's like the guy that got Derek Lunsford his first Olympia. Like he's yeah. he's he's the one. Like if if you need if you're a pro and you've like if you're a pro and you've won an Olympia or you want to win an Olympia and like stuff's not going right, you go to Harney and he like he'll make sure you get it kind of thing. Harney. I, it- I don't know that. I guess if someone's got that good track record, but even some of the good track record, like I'd still be scared. Yeah. Being like, right, yeah, we, we're doing the Olympia now. Like, let's give this a go. Like, I Chris would be his best. absolute best by by a good twenty five percent under Harney. I guarantee it. Yeah. Um. Any other predictions, men's physique or anything, or is that the only two you're? I don't really watch much men's physique. Hmm. I love the real tall guy. I can't remember his second name. It's Ray. Can't remember. Raymond Edmonds. He's my favorite men's physique guy. He's real tall. And he's not like stupidly heavily muscled like all the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like men's physique got very, very heavy in like in it's the Olympia. Right. I, re- I really like Raymond. He's like he's built like crazy. See, I've heard, and I don't know how true this is, but. Apparently, some of the men's physique guys do men's physique because they can't make the classic weight cap, but they're not big enough to be bodybuilders. Yeah, that's why Bridgman's like 10 kilos over the classic weight cap. Yeah. 
in, in oh, never getting coffee cup ever. Go into bodybuilding or anything, or does he just want to do men's physique? Well, to get into bodybuilding, because he's he's like six foot. Hmm. Gosh, he's like six foot, isn't he? Easily, easily six six one. He's like ten kilos over the classic cap. Yeah. So he'd never get in two twelve. So we would literally, to be competitive, have to be as heavy as Hollingshead. Yeah. It'd never happen. If we do it, it just destroy his fucking organs anyway. Like, it's not that's not gonna be healthy. No. Um, this is a really random one. But your alcohol usage, moderate or none? <laughs> Who you, sent that? I don't know because I did it anonymously, didn't I? Take <laughs> out all these stupid. You know when you get like all the ones that obviously the robot. You can turn it off. Go to your settings. Go on. Uh, it's oh, like people. No, people leave it in there because they don't get any questions. That's why people leave it in there. It just looks retarded. Yeah, it does because 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 they forget everyone sees the same questions on everyone else's stuff. It's really obvious. And they're like, oh my god, who's this person keeps asking this question? You get three questions the entire day. That's all. Um. So yeah, um, moderate or not? Um. I don't like. I'm still friends with my friends that are fucking normal people. Do you get what I mean? I still live in the town where I grew up, so I'll go out with them. But like, say the World Cup's on, or go up the pub or something like that. I'll go up and I won't have a single drink, just because I don't really need to. I'm like, I'm like, what's the point? Unless it's someone's birthday and a night out or like something scheduled, then I will get pissed. Um, so it's it's pro- it's probably moderate for a normal person. Like, do you get what I mean? Like, if you if you were to like, I don't get. I don't. I maybe drink once every two months, maybe like that. I like my three times a year rule. Mm. Three times a year, but like, I know I'll get drunk Boxing Day because we always do. Go and watch rugby, get drunk. So we have like we have Christmas Eve here, and everyone's like, "You go out Christmas Eve?" Like, yeah, yeah, we go out Christmas Eve. So I used to, and then a couple of Christmas Eves ago, I was like, I basically I went to the pub to meet some friends. Not bodybuilder friends at all. And I hadn't wrapped any more presents because I lived in Exxon. I needed to come home. So I'd come home and I was like, right, I need to wrap all my presents. I had no scissors. So I messaged my friend and she was like, yeah, I'll bring scissors down, but you've got to come for a drink with me after. I was like, right, okay. So I went for a, well, we'd met to do our secret Santa. Then she gave me the scissors, but then I had to like go and meet her dad or something with her. And her dad like loves me. So he kept buying more and more drinks and like shots. <laughs> I was fucking wasted. Like I was so drunk. And I got home and I had to wrap these presents. And it was just like, I'm quite good normally, right? And they were a mess. And I remember handing them out and they were like, what is this? <laughs> I can't wrap presents at all. Do you know, I'm literally like, I'm, I always cut everything fine. Like I hate being late. I hate stuff not getting done or whatever. But I leave stuff to the last minute all the time. So I'm literally Christmas Eve. I'm going to do my Christmas shopping. If you know, if I've not got many things to buy, if I'm with someone, I'm literally no, no, no. I've not even started yet. I'm going to go on Saturday with my mate Ollie because, uh, like, I've, I've not even started. I'm looking. I haven't really got anything to buy. Like my family don't really want anything. Like get my mom something like small and nice or whatever. But usually, if I'm with someone, I'll get their big present. And then, like, Christmas Eve, I'll go to wherever I know, like, ball, I only live, like, half an hour from the ball ring or, like, you know, like, a designer outlet and just get a lot of other little things. But I'm literally so last minute. You're that man that, so when I used to work in retail, you'd, Christmas Eve, like, you'd be expecting it and you'd get a man and they'd walk in and go, hi, you're right, yeah? 
and they just walk to the women's section. They just stand there. <laughs> no, we usually know what I want. I'm, I'm really good at presents as well because I am creative and I'm really like thoughtful. Yeah. So I'll have usually just seen some stuff and I'm like, oh, well, she, she says she's run out of this or she know I know she likes that. So I'm, I'm going to go straight in there and I'll know like what I'm going to get. I kind of think I don't just go in, stand at Pandora and say to the woman, oh, what do you think I should get her? I'm not like that. Yeah. I am good with gifts. I used to in a surf shop, right? So like not all women want to wear hoodies and T-shirts and they just stand there. Like, you all right? <laughs> no. Okay. Does your wife like hoodies? Um, I don't know. Does she own a hoodie? <laughs> no. Okay. Do you know what size she is? And they'd look at me and they'd go, well... She, well she's a bit smaller than you or a bit bigger than you. Like, big. Right. Fantastic. So that's really narrowed it down. No, I'm not like that. I'm usually good with kids. But, no, that's all right then. Okay, your final question which everyone gets, is what is the one thing you'd like everyone to take away from today's podcast? Should we get? Should we delve deep? Go on, delve deep. Don't let bodybuilding take over your life. This is a nice one, isn't it? I've, I've actually spoke to a lot. I think it's three people this week, and if they watch this, they've really actually been struggling there's been some big fucking things going on in their life and actually bodybuilding has been the nice constant because it's something they can sink their teeth into but mm-hmm. all of this is just trivial what we're doing like we're just doing it because we enjoy it if you want to progress how much you put in is how much you get out it's also how much it takes away from everything else in your life just like how much everything else in your life takes away from bodybuilding it's always a sliding scale just do what makes you happy with it all and obviously if you're going to get on stage get a fucking good posing coach that's cool that's that bodybuilding this is what i say bodybuilding does not pay your bills it doesn't it does it kind of does with me now because i have to be in shape and attract clients and put content out and put gym related stuff out so it does actually kind of pay mine now like the same with posing like me putting posing reels out and doing it it's weird going from something where i did that for fun and i picked up a load of money on the side of my normal job to thinking oh shit you haven't got money coming in now you've got to do that responsibly all the time yeah it is like that change isn't it of like oh that's that's my money is wherever i get like because i've not been self-employed before now that's it yeah get your taxes done as well so i need to see that um but yeah thank you so much for joining me and if anyone wants to find you where can they find you too they can find me at ryan underscore physique collective on instagram or ryan brambleby on facebook just drop me a dm on instagram or my calendar is on there so if you didn't want to speak to me and you just want us to log in and have a coaching consultation or a posing consultation um you can just click that link and book straight in yeah i'd probably advise that because at least you have to speak to you the better isn't it yeah perfect <laughs> right thank Look, you you know what i said Mark? i was like every time my stepdad comes in <laughs> is he there oh hello not only did not only I'll get you like this right. Not only did the stepdad come in and embarrass him, yeah, with, uh, with the Christmas jumper. Um, I, I go into schools and, and I offer a <laughs> poetry workshops to children, and my, my big saying is fear tells lies. Right. It, it was it was the secret Santa at my business network meeting today. And you can keep this in, Mark. So keep- anybody that is a teacher. No. Tell them what you're doing. No, sorry, right. Um, my name is. I'm a former. I'm a former deputy head. I'm a former deputy head teacher. Thirty years experience in schools. 
And then uh, five years ago, I was off work with anxiety and depression, and I was really sad. And um, so then somebody said, why don't you write your books? And I've, I've since written four books for children, four poetry books. And I go into schools and after schools bespoke poetry and well-being workshops. And I tell children the secret to life. And the secret to life in three words is fear tells lies. And because fear will tell you a whole crock of rubbish. It will tell you not good enough. It will tell you whatever. You know she's going on the podcast. Is it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I didn't realise. Sorry. Hello, everybody out there. Poet.co.uk. <laughs> get on it. Um, sorry about it. Didn't... Is this a live podcast then? Yeah. So why did you introduce me? I came in quietly, didn't I? <laughs> no, of course. At the start, I said to him, I was like, my stepdad knows I'm working. He knows if a door's shut and you hear my voice, don't open the door. He has to open the door. Yeah, well, I only come in to put my coat and get my slippers. <laughs> I thought this was just one of your clients. She was having a chat. No, no. It's right. You've made a special guest appearance. There we are. Yeah. Peptopoet.co.uk. Get on it. Um, <laughs> see you later. Have a happy Christmas. Thanks for having me. Top myself. I, no, I've not topped myself. I've um, topped it then, haven't I? Shall I go now, Ryan? Sorry, pal. Molly's going to have to do some editing in this one. Put your hat on. Oh, right, yeah, put your hat on. That's that, Hey, you said you wanted a new hat. That's lovely. Perfect. Lovely. What podcast has this been the biggest disaster? Uh, I mean, we've never had a... a guest that's a poet on here before. Oh, no, Key is a bit, I guess. We've never had an unexpected guest on the podcast. Perfect. <laughs> we knew it was going to be like this in one way or another, didn't we? So we nearly made it to the end as well. So, uh, but I'll leave you down in there because uh, <laughs> why not? Why not, everyone? Well, for everyone that's going to listen to this and not watch it, I really, really apologise for the last five minutes. It just must have been a shambles. No one watches it because I can't put out the video. Oh, there we are. Well, I apologise, everybody. <laughs> it was a lovely hat so yeah thank you everyone for listening please like share on your stories tag us in it and that would be brilliant bye bye <laughs>